Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Welcome to the Week 15 Fantasy Flex Podcast presented by Prize Picks. I'm your host, Chris Raybon, joined as always by my dude, Sean Kerner. Sean, as we're recording this, I hope like half the week doesn't go on the COVID <laughs> list because that's what it seems like uh, every time we record this late in the year this time. Yeah, it's uh, getting pretty bonkers right now. Um, I'm trying to not leave my spread like trying to not leave more than five feet away from my spreadsheet. Seems like I'm updating <laughs> projections constantly. But yeah, this is getting out of control. Hopefully they can come up with something um, to kind of remedy this. But it's tough right now. It's just spreading like wildfire. Um, only so much we could do. Um, but yeah, it's it's only going to I predicted a week ago to you that it was going to get yeah pretty bad. And I think it's unfortunately still going to get worse. So I think we're going to still, you know, we're going to see a ton of guys ruled out this week, unfortunately. Over under 0.5 NFL games moved to Tuesday or Wednesday. Oh, uh, are we going to go back on that now? Oh, man. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that happening. I'd say that's a good line. It's probably 50-50 at this point. Um, I know that the Browns are in a rough position, right? They might not have any receivers or tight ends. And they're, like, they're, the, and they're the Browns. I thought they have a rule, though, like if – if you can't feel the team, you have to forfeit or something. So I don't think we're <laughs> going to see any games move. I think they do have a rule in place, right? Yeah. Kind of prevents that. Imagine um, if the Browns of all teams, like the, the bad luck Browns ended up being the first team to forfeit in like, I, what, ever? Or I, at least half a century, if not more. Yeah, I think they'll, they're just going to uh, do what they did last year where they had like uh, Jamarcus Bradley and I forgot who else cut. they had lined up a receiver. That was... Yeah. That was a fun game to project. We had three, three or four practice squad guys uh, start, and Baker had uh, one of his best games of the season. Go figure, passing yards wise. So, yeah, if I was happen. if I was the NFL team, and you 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 see this anyway, kind of. I don't know if it's for that purpose, but if I'm an NFL team, I'm probably. It's like you almost want to release like some of your like lesser known practice squad guys. 
rather than have them on the roster. That way, if you do have a COVID outbreak, at least you can like resign them. Like guys that you think would have passed through waivers anyway, or, or yeah. I guess they have to pass through waivers, right? To get released. So like, yeah, like I, you know, that's kind of the only way to go. Cause I mean, even, the, even these practice squad guys, I think they practice with the team. So they're at risk too. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. These position groups, it's, it's something. Yeah. I wonder if these next couple weeks, if we're going to see another Kendall Hinton situation yeah. where there's no functioning quarterback and they have to start some guy that quarterback one game in high school. So he's a starting quarterback, but it's nuts. Um, and yeah, we're almost done with this season, but uh, I, I think unfortunately these next, next few weeks are going to be pretty rough. Yeah. So uh, we'll talk through it uh, for the main slate. We will also break down the Thursday night showdown slate. And let's actually jump right into that. We have the chiefs. We have the chargers Keenan Allen activated from the COVID list. So the chargers should be closer to full health. I know Eckler's a little bit uh, banged up. It is a short week, but it doesn't look like he's going to miss the game for the chiefs. Josh Gordon got placed on the COVID list. So maybe that, cuts down a little bit the amount of like, you know, the receivers we have to project, which one is going to kind of go off or, or at least get the most routes. It's been Pringle as of late, mm-hmm. uh, but who do you like in the captain spot here? Well, it always goes without saying if Tyreek Hill is on a slate, he has the highest ceiling, but you've pointed out that, you know, he has a much lower floor this year or he's hitting his floor more often this year. So by no means is he an automatic play. In the captain slot. So similar to last night where I said, you know, James Conner was a good pivot play against the Cardinals passing offense. I do like playing Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the captain slot here. If, um, you know, if the, the Chiefs take a big lead, it's a positive game script. They could set up Edwards Hilaire for a big game. He rushed for 100 yards against the Chargers back in week three, I think it was. Um, the Chargers, you know, they're a run funnel defense. So I think he makes sense sort of as a leverage play, at least in the captain slot. Um, and then on the Chargers side, you know, I think Keenan Allen makes a lot of sense. Uh, it looks like Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, and Jared Cook were hella out of practice yesterday, and it's a short week. So that with all three of those guys banged up, they could lean on Keenan Allen even more if it's even possible. Um, so he has 10 catch upside for this game. So a full PPR site like DK, um, I think it, it does make sense to kind of consider a guy like Keenan Allen in the captain slot, just given all the injuries. Again, We'll have a better idea come Thursday, but right now I'm thinking Keenan Allen on the Chargers side. Yeah, I I love Keenan Allen every week. I mean, he's like locking <laughs> cash play for me, so I like that. Uh, I would consider Mike Williams if he toots mm-hmm. up. I mean, he went seven for 122 with two touchdowns against the Chiefs in the first matchup, so uh, they haven't really had an answer for him yet. So I'm I'm willing to kind of test the waters there. Uh, what about for DFS Chicos? Well, I think, you know, Byron Pringle, uh, his routes run looked great. Last week it was 70%. So he's pretty much the clear-cut number two wide receiver in this offense. But (laughs) he's only posted, um, you know, one catch for 14 yards two weeks ago, one catch for 20 yards last week. So he hasn't really been hitting, but I think that's a good thing uh, because his roster ship should be held in check because of that. But, you know, just being the number two receiver in this offense uh, means he has – you know, a, a good amount of upside. It looks like Josh Gordon's on the COVID list. So maybe Pringle um, sees a little bit more playing time because of that. But either way, I think Pringle is probably uh, the cheat code for me on the Chiefs side. And then the Chargers side, I think both Josh Palmer and Jalen Guyton uh, are no-brainer cheat codes for me. I think either one of those guys can kind of break this slate on a single catch. They're sort of those big play threat guys. So if, you know, Eckler, Mike Williams, and Cook are banged up, they could lean on these 
ancillary receivers a bit more. And we saw them both uh, have great games last week. So um, I, I like taking a stab on, you know, Palmer or Guyton here. Yeah. Uh, on the Chiefs side for me, it's uh, Garrett Gore. You know, he's been kind of mixing oh, yeah. in randomly. It's Thursday. It's a, it's a primetime slate, which seems like <laughs> a Derek Gore type of slate here. Um, and it's kind of, it's like the pivot off the pivot of Edwards Ewer because I like him. Obviously, this Chargers yeah. run defense has struggled all season. But if the Chiefs do build a big weed and things, you know, like game script wise, if they build it early, I mean, you could see some Derek Gore. That's kind of what we've seen in the past, if the, if the Chiefs get big, up big really early, as they did against the Raiders, uh, just a lot of extended garbage time. Uh, so I like him. I, even a guy like, um, you know, Demarcus Robinson, he's at 1,800. He had no catches last game. So I think you were a week <laughs> early. Uh, but he, that's the thing. He usually kind of alternates, right? Like It's like one game, he's like not part of the game plan at all. The next game, he might get a couple <laughs> targets in like the first quarter. So... Uh, I think this is kind of the time where, you know, especially with Gordon out, I think Robinson is the guy who probably picks up most of those routes at this point because McCole Hardman has been doghoused, it seems like. So he's, Mm -hmm. you know, he's struggling to run more than a third or play more than a third of the snaps these days, which is, it's weird, but um, because he's also not returning kicks. So it's it's weird, but uh, yeah, I think Robinson is in play. And on the Chargers side, I mean, really have to, see what's going on with the injury report to make any kind of final decisions. Number one, like you just have to see which running backs are active for them because they Mm -hmm. always switch it up. But I think whoever, you know, whether it be Justin Jackson, Roundtree, if he's active, Kelly, like one of the two of those three guys, uh, I I would play in this spot because the Chiefs still have been struggling in run defense. Eckler's a little banged up and it's a short week. And we did see the Chargers kind of mixing in their backup running backs against the Giants as well. Uh, so I think that, you know, this this slate could be broken by a lot of different guys here. Um, <laughs> so, I, yeah, the backup yeah. running backs on both teams for me, just because you've got two bad run defenses uh, in this spot. And it's, it is it has been kind of a crapshoot with these Chiefs receivers, I, I will admit. It's like, yeah, the, the Pringles run their most routes, like you said, and just nothing. Robinson yeah. was doing it, nothing. So And it's because Mahomes isn't throwing for like 400 every game. Mm-hmm. That's really... That's really what it is. Like, it's like now he's like a normal quarterback again in terms of the numbers. So, yeah, I'm I'm going to try to play a bunch of different uh, running backs and, and see how it goes there. Makes sense. And thanks for reminding me about Demarcus Robinson. Um, you know, he had those two <laughs> catches. I think it was like the first drive of the game. Hasn't had any sense. To squash my under one and a half receptions. And he's gone, I think it's 117 minutes now <laughs> without a catch. So. Yeah. Uh, it's always it's always nice to be on the right side of something, even though you lost. But uh, and then I think at zero catches the game before, so he has a very very low floor. But I agree with you; he's those kind of guys that can break a slate like this. You know, all it takes is one catch. So I can get behind with Robinson as you know just a, a high upside kind of flyer for this slate. Um, any of these like ancillary receivers for the Chiefs, uh, for that matter. But yeah, I do like kind of taking a stab on like a Justin Jackson type as well because you know this. Um, Chargers running back rotation behind Eckler has been kind of messy all season, but lately it's definitely been Justin Jackson. He is the clear backup. So I I do like the idea of taking a flyer on him because if Eckler's banged up in any way, we could see Justin Jackson get 10 plus touches in this game. So I I like getting uh, Jackson some lineups as well. All right, uh, let's move on. We are aware there is a Saturday slate this week. Uh, We'll talk about that on the Friday show. Number one, because I don't want to add any more time to this pod. It's already a pretty jam-packed pod with, you know, talking main slate and everything. Number two, 
there's just a lot of COVID news going on with the Cleveland Browns who are on that Saturday slate. So uh, we want to kind of be as close to the game as possible to give you the most actionable content. So we'll talk about that on the Friday episode of the Fantasy Flex. But let's get into the main slate here. And let's start with quarterback, Sean. Top five ranked quarterbacks heading into week 15. Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Tom Brady, although I I probably have Brady too low, uh, and then Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. Mine's a little different here. Uh, Mm -hmm. So Allen is day-to-day with an injury, I'm I'm sure you're you're aware. So that kind of worries me against the defense that I do have uh, some respect for in Carolina. I know Atlanta beat him and whatnot. I mean, that was was much to do with their own offenses, Atlanta's offense. But, uh, yeah, I I, I don't have Allen in my top five as of now because I'm docking him a little bit. I'm just worried about, you know, how he's going to move with his, um, you know, with his rushing if he's – what is it? His toe or something? What is what? Yeah, it's his toe. Right. Um, yeah. So that worries me because he's averaging 6.8 yards per pass attempt this year. He's not the same Josh Allen that he was last year throwing for like 300 and averaging, you know, a healthy number of yards per attempt. So a, a toe injury worries me uh, because then he becomes kind of like a little more of a sitting duck in the pocket. But Carolina has the defenders to kind of man up on even even a team like Buffalo that can go four wide. So. Um, I'm a little worried about Allen to start the week. He's out of my top five. Uh, I do have Kyler Murray at the top spot. Brady, number two. That may switch because, like you said, any spot below one for Brady seems a little (laughs) too low. Yeah. (laughs) Right. For real, though. Like, it's not even like we're we're joking, but we're not really joking. Like, no, no, I'm torching everyone. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Patrick Mahomes, still number three. Matthew Stafford, number four against Seattle. And then Justin Herbert in that number five spot. Um, obviously pending the health of all his pass catchers, as you mentioned, if he's going to be without a couple of those guys, he may drop uh, a spot or two. And then that would put Rogers for me into that number five spot. So yeah, I was wondering where you had Rogers right now. He's uh, my QB eight, but it seems like the worse his toe gets, the better he actually gets in in the box score. Yeah. Which has been interesting. <laughs> he's uh, but. this is his Ben Roethlisberger stage of his career, where he's just like <laughs> he's like he wants his flowers, so he's like gonna just tell you he has all kinds of injuries. Like now, Ben Roethlisberger is past that. This is like Roethlisberger when he was like, you know, oh, in his like early thirties. But now, yeah, yeah, like this is Rogers. He's like, yeah, like ah, I tell her it's, it hurts even worse after I threw four touchdowns. Oh no, <laughs> I mean I'll throw five next time. Like you know, like seriously. Uh, and Baltimore's a. Uh, a pass funnel. Like they are one of the best run defenses in, in the NFL. They're number four in DVOA against the run 26 against the pass. So that is the definition of a pass funnel should be a, a good day for Rogers and, and Adams and company. Uh, all right. Uh, DFS cheat codes, top plays guys, you're higher on than the consensus uh, on this main slate for week 15. Um, I, I mean, we kind of talked through some of the concerns we have for the, you know, the, Top tier guys. Um, I think Dak Prescott at 6,500 is probably the best bet um, if you're going to spend up at QB uh, because, you know, Tony Pollard and Zeke are banged up right now. So despite, you know, being double digit favorites uh, on the road against the Giants, you know, they could lean on Dak in the passing game um, pretty much the entire game. So I, I, li- I like Dak's floor and ceiling uh, this week. So I think he's cash game and GPP viable, uh, you know, if, if they land on the pass game even more here. Um, I think Tua is a no-brainer at 5,700. We talked about him on the waivers pod yesterday. But, you know, against the the Jets, 
Um, you know, you couldn't ask for an easier matchup and their running back depth chart has been hit hard by COVID. So we don't even know who's going to be available for them um, in the backfield. So they could just lean onto it even more here. And I think, you know, uh, getting Devontae Parker back helps raise it uh, to his ceiling considerably, I think. Um, and I think after the bye week, Parker should be closer to 100%. So he has Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddell, and Mike Jacecki at his disposal. Um, so I think he should be able to light up this Jets defense. Um, and then I'm going to get really disgusting here and say Trevor Lawrence at 5,100 uh, against the Texans. Um, it's really hard to take Trevor Lawrence right now. He's looked really bad this year, and I think a lot of that blame could be put on Urban Meyer. Uh, but Lawrence really hasn't looked great at all this year. But at 5,100 in a game, I mean, this is the toilet bowl of all toilet bowls against the Texans. Uh, he does have rushing upside. He could have a ceiling game here. So I might have a couple shares of Trevor Lawrence at pretty much min price. Um, so even though it's disgusting, I do think Lawrence is a sneaky play this week. Can't believe you just picked the wrong quarterback in this game. Oh, no. you're. It's got to be Davis Mills. I mean, come well, on. It, like, first of all, over his last two games, Mills is completing over 71% of his passes. Uh, he's got 310 and 331 yards. So he's averaging 321 yards per game over the last two. And yeah, in his last five starts, over 20 fantasy points three times, still 5,400. But most of all, you know, you kind of mentioned it. It is the toilet bowl. Both of these quarterbacks are bad. Both of these teams are bad. But Mills facing a pass funnel Jags defense, 31st in pass defense DVOA, but 13th against the run. Houston, they are a run funnel. They're eighth against the pass in DVOA and 28th against the run. So good luck with Trevor Lawrence against the top 10 pass defense, even though they did lose, they did lose um, Grugier Hill. And I, I think they lost um, a, a couple of guys in their secondary. So we got We'll have to see, you know, the injury report heading into the week, but uh, this has been a top eight pass defense. So yeah, I, I, I think it's all about Davis Mills in this spot. Like I, I think the Texans win this game and I think it's on the back of Davis Mills. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not going to complain about that. I think Brandon Cooks <laughs> and even Brevin Jordan are great plays this week, so I'm kind of buying in on Davis Mills. Um, but, you know, I do like Trevor Lawrence's rushing upside. He at least has rushing upside. Mills, of course, only has rushing upside when I have the under yeah. five-and-a-half rushing yard prop. I, I think you're just salty. That, I think you're just salty about <laughs> well, Davis I, Mills. You're picking the wrong quarterback in this game. I guarantee I'm you that. I'm still salty, but I, I admit <laughs> that. But I'm investing in Davis Mills through Brandon Cooks okay. for sure this okay. week. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm not completely off Mills. Um, I, I like the cheap. St- I like the cheap stack though. So it's like with yeah. Lawrence, I guess you can go Treadwell. So you got you got an option there. But yeah, I, yeah. Um, I think this game has sneaky oh, upside, right? Yeah, I, no, <laughs> it's way. gonna be like nine to three. <laughs> it's gonna be a shit <laughs> it's, show. Yeah, it's not. Oh god. <laughs> um, but no, yeah. Like I, I can't. You know, it's a. It's kind of a weird slate for quarterback. Like even a guy like Dak, it's like I, I liked him last week. He was facing a bad defense, and you know, just been weird up and down with Dak ever since he came back from that injury. It hasn't been yeah. as, as crisp. Um, so another guy that's kind of in that same range, a uh, little cheaper in, in the six hundred in the six thousands is Joe Burrow. Uh, I like him in this spot against Denver. I don't think he's going to be too popular, you know, coming off the finger injury. And, uh, but the thing about it that caught my eye is that Denver plays man coverage at the highest rate in the league. And, the Cincinnati Bengals average the most yards uh, per attempt against man coverage. They're at 11.3 uh, compared to 8.6 against zone. So, I mean, you could always see, you know, 
the team switched their schemes up. I'm sure they know this too, but you know, it is a, it, it is a great matchup for Burrow here. And, you know, if he gets man coverage with any of those receivers, really, even CJ Usoma, that's been his specialty as a tight end has been beating man coverage, which, you know, it's odd. Most tight ends, they're going to play better against zone. Usoma, like when he's singled up, he makes big plays. So um, I, I think Joe Burrow is a really sneaky, sneaky play uh, as well. And then to uh, just got to, you know, mention him again. I mean, I would, I have him as a top 10 quarterback this week. Yeah. He's under 6K, so love him uh, as well. How about you said you have Stafford at QB4, which is a little bit yeah. higher than me. How about him at 7K? Because uh, you, you correctly mentioned, you know, I'm worried about Josh Allen, his toe injury. Right now, I have him projected for four carries for like 20 yards, which is really low projection for him, but that could go down. Yep. Kyler's maybe too expensive, and which would be a blowout. So, like, does Stafford stick out at 7K, or are you worried about Odell possibly missing? Uh, you know, it. I don't love – I mean, I like Staff. I like him in tournaments, but at 7K uh-huh. in terms of, like, cash games, uh, I wouldn't really want to go there. Like, I think I would rather just take the value at, like, uh, a Tua. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is another guy. Like, I, would, I don't know if I would play him in cash. I think I would rather play Tua just because he's been a little more consistent. Um, but Garoppolo in that same price range. So – it's tough in terms of the pricing this week. Um, you know, you know, Rogers at 75. I think that's pretty correct. Stafford is correct. Um, yep. Dak is kind of like, you know, he looks like a value, but he's probably, he's priced correct. Uh, you know, given his recent play, I think Burrow, given his finger injury, he's probably priced correct. So yeah, it's, it's tough in that above six K. So I don't hate it, but in cash games, I'd probably still rather go, uh, rather go a different direction. Um, like to, uh, yeah, there's a lot yeah. of good, sub or like like you said burrow is probably the cutoff but guys 6100 or below seem like really good plays this week so i think it's it's a slate so far right now where i'm probably gonna be spending down at quarterback yeah and then tyra huntley you know we didn't mention oh him, yeah if, if lamar misses i think he's in play just because of his rushing ability and he's yeah. you know that's why you know mills huntley those guys in that range uh you mentioned lawrence uh probably gonna have to play those guys in tournaments quite a bit because don't know where we are with Cam Newton and PJ Walker. And then, you know, Jalen Hurts and Gardner. Like there's all these question marks and all the, and Taysom Hills off the slate. So all of our like normal rushing quarterback cheat codes uh, are kind of off. J- uh, Justin Fields is off the slate as well. So there's like, you know, we need some, uh, we need some cheap yeah. value here. And uh, so, yeah, th- there's, there is a incentive, I think, to spend down and, and the guys in the top tier aren't, the value isn't great. And Josh Allen, I mean, yeah, he's the most expensive too. So that even if, even if he does get cleared, it's going to be tough to justify him as anything other than like a pay up to be contrarian kind of situation. Uh, all right, who's our prop for quarterback? So you just mentioned him. he doesn't play till Sunday night, so we didn't get to you know talk about him too much. But you know, he is the hardest player to project this week, in my opinion. So it's Taysom Hill, uh, specifically his rushing yards. I'm just curious how you're projecting him in general. Um, just this is going to be a completely different game script as last week where he got to just run and they're able to beat the Jets. Um, where are you projecting his rushing usage here? And it's a tough matchup. Like I have the line set at 51 and a half. Uh, are you over or under that? Uh, I am slightly under that because I have his mean at 52. So I have his median at around 48, 48 and a half. So I'm slightly under, but I think that's a good line. I mean, I think it's going to be somewhere around 50. He's just like he's going to get his rushing even against that Tampa Bay front mm-hmm. because he's just going to get design runs. He might have to scramble a bit. Um, you know, they're going to they'll drop back into some zone coverage, so it won't be easy. But 
I just think that like that's part of what you're doing when you're starting Taysom Hill, like regardless of yeah. the matchup, there's going to be some plays where he just gets the ball on a keeper and he's just going to go straight ahead. And maybe they only get like two, three yards per run. But uh, I think you have to expect him to kind of approach double digit carries uh, every time he starts. So. Do you think there's any chance that like they're down by 10 plus points and they bring in Trevor Simeon for a more pass heavy approach or is Simeon just not even good enough to, to warrant that? I mean, after what we saw out of Simeon, you know, beyond that first start against Tampa Bay, maybe only because it's Tampa Bay and he did play well against them, maybe, I would say. But if it was almost any other team, I I would probably say no, just because we we know that Sean Payton always kind of, like, liked Taysom anyway. And, like, now that you have Taysom practicing as a starter, you know, you're kind of taking him away from that special teams role. You're taking him away from that receiving role. Uh, so I just don't know that the incentive is there for Peyton, especially after Simeon kind of face planted for multiple straight weeks in a row. Right. Um, I still think he's going to look at it as if Taysom gives him the most upside, uh, whether it be legs or whatever, you know, just kind mm-hmm. of confusion. So, yeah, I, I think the chances are low, but maybe not. It's a non-zero chance only because Simeon did have that game against the Bucks. Yeah. And just because I'm, I'm still worried about Hill's finger injury. I mean, it's his, the middle finger on his throwing hand. So it, it could pose a problem. Uh, I just think this is one of those weeks where Hill probably has the lowest floor he's ever had, but he always seems to exceed expectations. So yeah. he's still right in my, you know, top 10, right outside my top 10. He's my QB 11. Just, I think his floor is a bit lower this week. Yeah. I have him at QB 10. Um, I have him ahead mm-hmm. of Russell Wilson and uh, Jimmy and Jimmy Garoppolo. So um, right. And right behind Tua. So, you know, it's uh, and he could move up one spot if Josh Allen gets ruled out. Everyone moves. Yeah. Up. Totally. I'm now in seven right now, uh, knocking him down for that uh, injury. Wonder where Trubisky would rank uh, in that situation. <laughs> hey, he was good in the preseason. <laughs> yeah, right? he might be a sneaky uh, streamer option if Allen's yeah. ruled out. Not nah, gonna lie, I'm not. I'm not messing with this Carolina. <laughs> I, 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 you know, it's it. Yeah. I, I look at it and it's 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 a little inconsistent, but scary defense for a backup to go against. All right, uh, let's go to running back top five for week fifteen. So I have Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, and Leonard Fournette. Yeah, I have Taylor, Cook, Chubb, Fournette, and Najee Harris. Uh, Eckler, again, just because of the short week and a little bit of uncertainty with his yeah. health, um, you know, knocking him down a couple of spots right out of that top five. If we get news that he's like good to go and they're just kind of, you know, preserving him last game and, and nothing, it's not, not that serious, he probably mm-hmm. moves back into my top five. Um, but as of right now, he's by RB seven after Kamara, who's at six and Kamara is really only getting knocked down because of the matchup and the possibility that Mark Ingram returns. If Mark Ingram is not back off the COVID list, uh, even in the tough matchup, I could see Kamara perhaps jumping, uh, Harris and, uh, Fournette. All right. Uh, DFS cheat codes at running back. Who do you like? So the, the first guy that stood out for me is Devonta Freeman actually at 5,500. Um, the past five games, he's essentially turning to the workhorse back for the Ravens. You know, he's dominating rush attempts uh, and the usage in the passing game. So, you know, we're on back-to-back games now with five receptions. Um, so he's game script proof. And in a matchup against the Packers where we don't know if Lamar's going to play or not, you know, they could be trailing for much of this game. So I, I think Freeman's kind of sneaky at 5,500. Don't think he's going to be highly rostered at all. He's not a sexy play. Um, so I like Freeman at that price. And then I'm going to have to stick with Antonio Gibson this week. He's still 6K. Uh, he had a dud last week. I mean, the whole 
football team offense kind of sputtered and Heineke got hurt. So, you know, if Heineke's ruled out, I'll probably pivot away from Gibson. But right now at 6K, uh, I'm going to stick with him. Um, even if J.D. McKissick returns, I don't think it's going to impact uh, Gibson's uh, underlying usage um, too much if he returns. So love Gibson. And then back to the toilet bowl. Uh, love me some James Robinson at 5,400. There's been some confusion, you know, what they're doing with him and all this stuff. But this is a matchup where they can lean on him. It's it's a good matchup. Uh, so I'm going to stick with him. I don't know if Brandon Linder is going to return this week. He was out last week. Um, so I don't know if his absence was kind of like the reason uh, the Jaguars offense collapsed, among other things, of course. But Robinson looked really bad last week. So I think he bounces back here uh, like him at this price. And then just the sneaky flyer for DK for me this week is Amir Abdullah at 4,400 because, you know, he had a 60% routes uh, run rate last week. He's the main pass catching back. So the Christian McCaffrey role in that regard. Um, And this is a matchup where the Panthers could be down 10 plus points for most of the game. So Abdullah could rack up those receptions. Uh, So a full PPR set like DK, I like having a flyer in Abdullah um, just, just given the potential game script here. Yeah, this doesn't set up as a Chuba Hubbard game. I mean, unless, unless Allen Josh does. Allen is ruled yeah. out. Because then yeah. the Panthers could just, you know, probably go two tight ends and just do what they exactly. want to do, which is run the football. <laughs> uh, yep. But, yeah, there's, you know, there's not too much to add here. It's actually a pretty tough week value-wise, I think, in, on the main slate at running back. Uh, you know, a couple of guys I'll mention, Deontay Foreman still leading that backfield uh, in Tennessee. You know, that's a, a matchup against Pittsburgh where – I think both teams uh, probably will want to run the ball a, a, a good amount. So, you know, he's been leading that backfield. Pittsburgh's given up, you know, their bottom 10 in, in fantasy points allowed to running backs. So I like him even with McNichols uh, back. I still think he's going to be their goal line back and, and they're the guy that gets the most carries. And then another one to watch, uh, well, Rashad Penny, I, I think, you know, at that price, uh, I'm kind of coming around to him just because <laughs> I think the Seahawks, you know, they're saying yeah. he's going to be the lead back. The Seahawks, they're going to want to run the ball. And the Rams do. The one thing about the Rams is they do kind of concede the run. I mean, you know, we saw James Conner even even in a game the Rams were controlling uh, for most of it still have a monster game. Now, Rashad Penny is no James Conner, obviously. But, uh, you know, the Seahawks, if you give the Seahawks the run, they'll take it is what I'm kind of getting (laughs) at here. So I think Penny on a tough slate uh, is worth consideration here. And, And then one to monitor is David Johnson. You know, he's at 4,900. Looks like Rex Burkhead is going to miss this week. They're calling him day-to-day, but, um, you know, from what I uh, hear, it's an uphill battle uh, for him to play. Um, Royce Freeman was very ineffective, uh, averaging 1.4 yards per carry, you know, in extended action last week. So I think that if Johnson is active along with Freeman as the two backs, I think Johnson will dominate that workload, um, you know, probably two to one, if not more. Uh, over Royce Freeman. So like Johnson, if Rex Burkhead's it. Yeah, you mentioned this is a tough slate at running back. I couldn't agree more. Um, all of my top five are off the slate. So right. Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, Leonard Fournette, even although he's not really top five right now, Alvin Kamara is not on the, the main slate. So yeah, it's um, you have guys like uh, Najee Harris, who I know you like. Uh, he's the most expensive guy, but you can't trust Zeke at that price. Uh, Joe Mixon's pretty banged up. I don't know what's going on with Cordell Patterson's passing usage, uh, receiving usage, but he's hard to spend up at. So yeah, this is a really tough slate where it's it's almost like these mid-price guys are kind of the sweet spot. 
I mean, Cordero Patterson is not hard to spend up at. I, I would still spend up on him. I mean, he's he's fine in the end zone. Like he's the red zone guy. He's the only guy that they can use in the red zone. Like he's, it's just like now the value is it's not he's not as much of a smash as he was like earlier right, in the year. Exactly. But yeah, I still think he's fairly priced at sixty nine hundred. You know, I, th- I still think that's a value there. Out of all the guys under seven um, K, he's averaging the most points. So. He's kind of like morphed into the Mike Davis role. Mike Davis is kind of taking over the Cordell Patterson role. It's been really weird to watch just how they kind of use these uh, Falcons backs this year. Yeah, I mean, because th- the thing is, they just can't give get Davis carries, right? right. Like just, <laughs> it's just not working. So it's like, yeah. at least there's some deception there when Patterson is the guy, you know, with the threat of, you know, them calling a pass play. And then he's just kind of the traditional back now. So, yeah, I have noticed that too. That's interesting. Uh, okay. Let's go to the prop. Well, uh, I just kind of like teed it up here. It's Cordero Patterson, his receiving yard this week. Where do you have it? Because right now, um, you know, he's he's falling off the map kind of bit. Uh, he hasn't topped 30 yards for since week nine. Yeah. Um, so we've seen a bit of a dip. I'm projecting him at 26 and a half. Are you over or under that? Uh, yeah, I'm a little over. I'm around 30. Uh, I think that he does get back into a bigger role receiving wise because you're facing the San Francisco 49ers and they do a couple of things really well. Number one, they take away the tight end. So that's tough for Kyle Pitts. San Francisco is second in DVOA uh, against tight ends. And then San Francisco also excellent at stopping the run. So they are third in DVOA against the run. So they're right up there with, you know, those New Orleans and, and Tampa Bay type run defenses this year. So I think that you're, they're going to have to look, get Patterson more involved in the pass game out of necessity this week. So I, I think this is the week where he goes over. All right. Uh, let's get to wide receiver. Top five. Pretty straightforward this week. I got Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, and Chris Godwin. Uh, I got Cup, Adams, Jefferson, uh, in the third spot ahead of Hill and mm-hmm. then uh, Debo, Debo Samuel in that oh, fifth spot. Yeah. Uh, Godwin is six. He's right there as well. Like Godwin in this matchup, you know, Mike Evans usually struggles against New Orleans. That's the one thing. So not going to be a week where I'm smashing the over on Mike Evans prop again. <laughs> uh, fine. Although he might, I mean, he might still get it. It's still like right around 60, which is still probably low for him, but uh, he doesn't usually get there against New Orleans. But uh, yeah, Debo, I think whether he does it as a running back or a receiver, <laughs> I mean, this guy, he's just so good. I mean, every play, every time he touches the ball, he's a threat to score. I mean, if he gets on that edge, it's, it's, it does, it doesn't matter who it is. And then he can make these tough catches over the middle. Like it's hard not to, uh, to get Debo in here. And then, and then Jamar chase obviously is right there as well. Um, You know, again, like the matchup uh, against Denver. Yeah. Debo is just fascinating. He's giving me my player prop so we can uh, wait to really dive in at the end, but you know, he's getting 68 carries for 10 yards and touchdowns uh, and one catch each of the yeah. past three games. So it's it's almost like looking at a Miles Sanders box score, but with touchdowns, like very <laughs> weird. So we're kind of have we're going to have to break it down later on in my player prop because he is fascinating to me right now. Yeah, he's become the running. He's become a running back. Yeah. Uh, yep. OK, uh, DFS cheat codes at wide receiver. Uh, so, like I said, I, I, Brandon Cooks at 5,800, you cannot go wrong with him there. He's coming off a massive eight-catch, 101-yard game last week. Um, I've said, you know, once Davis Mills took over for Tyrod Taylor that he's a first-read kind of guy. He led all of NCAA football last season in first read. 
Um, so it, it would make sense that Cooks would kind of go off with Mills under center. So I think they keep that up this week. So yes, I can get behind some Mills Cook stacks for sure. Oh, yeah. Maybe when we make our DraftKings lineup, we could do that. Uh, I could totally get behind that. Um, and then Cole Beasley, just that 4,900, he's way too cheap. Um, you know, he has a high floor and he had a rough stretch between weeks 10 and 13. I, he was dealing with like a rib injury. Uh, and of course we had the windy game, uh, but he bounced back with a nine catch 64 yard game last week. Um, Manny Sanders could be banged up. Uh, so we could see extra target two for Beasley. Again, this hinges on Josh Allen starting this week. Um, I think if Allen does play and, you know, he's limited by his toe, he might lean on guys like Beasley and Dawson Knox as sort of a safety valve as opposed to tucking and running it. So I think that could actually help a guy like Beasley out. So either way, I love that 4,900 uh, this week. And then Devontae Parker uh, against the Jets. I think he's a great stacking option uh, with Tua. He has four or more catches in every single game this year. Um, he's always been kind of a guy with a low four, but this year he's had a high four and he always has a high ceiling. So love Devontae Parker uh, this week against the Jets. And then, I mean, you're, you're probably on this guy too, but Laquan Treadwell at 3,300 is just absolutely ridiculous right now. He, you know, he has a really high floor for a guy that cheap. So he's definitely a cash game viable against the Texans this week. Uh, like it's four catches and three straight games. So love Treadwell at 3,300 as well. Yeah. I played him last week. You know, it's, it's yep. just that kind of time of year where, you know, the pricing is kind of evened out. Now we might get some, you know, some rule outs and some value to open up, but to start the week, it really doesn't, it's, despite all of this COVID news, somehow we don't have like value running backs, which is kind of absurd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So far. Yeah, you gotta, uh, you might have to lock in Treadwell again here uh, this week. Uh, some guys that I like uh, out at the top, because uh, I'm hoping that we get some, some more running back value because I really want to play Deontay Johnson uh, in cash games. He still doesn't have a single digit PPR game uh, all year. So Deontay Johnson, uh, love him every week. And then Jamar Chase. I mean, this is a smash spot for Jamar mm-hmm. Chase. So receivers active uh, that will be active in the NFL right now that have at least nine targets on the year. Uh, and Chase obviously has a lot more than that. But Chase leads them all in yards per route run versus man coverage at 3.65. Denver is the only team that plays man more than half the time, and they play it at the highest rate in the league. So, I mean, can they switch it up? Maybe, but this is Chase is more likely to see man coverage this week than he really has been in any other week uh, of the season. So... Uh, this is just a monster, monster spot for Chase, even coming off uh, a huge game uh, last week. So I really like him at, at 7,100. He's another guy. It's it's hard to find truly bad games. Even when he's had some low yardage games, he's kind of saved it with a touchdown. So he only has two single-digit uh, games on DraftKings. One of them was 9.9, so he's a tenth of a point away. And then he has one true one where he just had three catches for 39 yards against Pittsburgh. But uh, love Chase. So Chase and Johnson are two guys that uh, I'm really hoping that I can make work in, in cash games one way or another. Uh, Jamison Crowder, he's running around in over 90% of the dropbacks with Corey Davis and Elijah Moore out. And now Crowder really becomes that alpha dog in that Jets passing game because in terms of the other guys he's running routes against, I mean, it's Mims and Keevan Cole and probably Jeff Smith or, and, and Berrios. So, and, you know, not really nothing at tight end. So it, it's, a, it's a spot where Crowder could catch eight to 10 balls uh, if the Jets are in a, a trailing game script. So he's a good stacking 
option if you're bringing it back with Tua, you know, like Tua and a stack of his receivers, Crowder on the other side. I really like that. Uh, Nico Collins, I know you like the first read for Davis Mills, but I think Collins is, we've been kind of waiting for him to break out. Yeah. And I think he's uh, treading upward in toward that, especially in terms of his routes run. Uh, he cleared 80%, you know, so he's more in that true number two wide receiver range now. And Texans are dealing with a lot of injuries at wide receiver. Um, Davion Davis, another guy that they were playing earlier in the year, he just uh, was lost with a season-ending injury. Chris Moore was a healthy scratch, so they're obviously not really interested in in him too much. They signed Philip Dorsett. They still got Conley, who's not really, you know, he doesn't really draw many targets anyway. So um, it's it's a good spot for a guy like Nico Collins. Um, and you could even double stack him with Davis Mills and Brandon Cooks because he's cheap mm-hmm. enough to do it. And then one more guy I'll mention, you mentioned Beasley. I'll mention Gabe Davis. And that's obviously if Josh Allen starts, but uh, Gabe Davis, I do expect him to start and play upwards of uh, 80% of the snaps. I think Sanders is probably going to miss uh, at least one week. Um, it's not official, I don't think, but uh, he's trending toward that direction. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, on another pot, Davis was already kind of uh, going in for Sanders at key spots because Sanders has really been struggling lately. So um, Davis is like that red zone guy. He's that deep guy. and Allen. Yeah, like you said, if he's hurt, he's less tucking and running and just more throwing, mm-hmm. which is always going to benefit the receivers. So, you know, maybe even Stephon Diggs deserves to be back up there. Uh, you know, this week, I know we always kind of joke about it. Such a Diggs hater. No, I'm not, though. It's just, <laughs> I love Diggs. It's just that there's usually just one other guy that, yeah. like, I'd rather have fifth, like, whether it's Jamar <laughs> Chase or Debo Samuel. I mean, you can't really but not do you have Diggs right? Do you have Diggs six? I have him nah, six. He I just missed six. it. Come so you're going to get to bag on my top five again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Where do I have Diggs? I have Diggs a little. But I, uh, I have Diggs eighth, but that's because um, that's because I really like, you know, uh, I have Deontay six. I have Godwin seventh. Uh, and then Chase. Uh, I yeah. have actually Chase behind Diggs. I got to move Chase up ahead of Diggs, actually. Um, it's just tough to project Diggs routes run in a given week, too, because it's like his one game where he runs like, around like 97% of the snaps and then drops down into like the mid eighties again. So it's, it's been odd with him, but uh, yeah, love Stefan Diggs, just not as a top five, maybe more like a top eight. Uh, but uh, let's get into the prop. Yeah. So I hinted at it, but uh, it's Debo Samuel. How many rushing yards are you projecting him for? And is it over or under 35 and a half against the Falcons? <laughs> I do have an under, I am using his, Season long, oh, uh, oh that <laughs> carry percentage, which is yeah, he's gotten eleven percent of the you know non of the design runs right. for San Francisco. So I'm using that, and the reason I'm using it is because as of now, I'm projecting Elijah Mitchell to be back. Now, if Mitchell is not back, I would up that. I would probably double that, and I'd be closer to forty yards. So then I'd be going yeah. over. So really, it's just that. Early in the week, you know, I'm not going to rule Mitchell out just yet, you know, and that's kind of what's been the issue. It's that with Mitchell out and Ayuk coming on, it's like not like San Francisco has Kittle and 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 they have Ayuk, so they don't need like a third ride receiver, really. So they just, you know, they just put Debo in a backfield for a lot of these snaps. And then he's like a decoy when he's out wide. So it's kind of, you know, a little Cordero Patterson action here. Um, it's really fascinating because you have Patterson on one side and Debo on the other. So just a, I'm going to be watching this game. Like this is going to be a very <laughs> yeah. interesting uh, game just from a schematic standpoint Two two pretty good offensive schemers in Arthur Smith and, uh, and Kyle Shanahan. But yeah, I, is that like, are you projecting Mitchell just as out to start the week? No, or? no, I'm projecting okay. Mitchell in. How, how would you explain weeks 10 and 12 where Mitchell had 27 
rush attempts and Debo <laughs> still crushed this number. Like, how do you even explain that? He, he only needs like, first of all, what's your uh, rushing yards per attempt for him right now? Mine's like seven. It's absurd. Yeah. Seven even. Yeah. Yeah. So he doesn't need that many carries to get no, here. And he, he had five rush attempts week um, 10 when Elijah Mitchell had 27 rushing attempts. And they had six uh, in week 12 when Elijah Mitchell had 27 rushing attempts. So even when Mitchell's active, they're still getting Debo yeah. the ball out of the backfield. So, um, and I, I was texting you before the game, like I said, Hey, they have like Debo Samuel rushing prop at 30 and a half. Obviously we stayed away from that, but it just seemed absurd. But right now that, that seems like it's a little bit too low. So I have it 35 and a half. This is just an easy matchup. So he probably only needs a handful of carries uh, to go over this, but I'm just curious, like what, What's going on with his receiving uses? What are you projecting um, for his receptions right now? Because uh, like I said, he's only had one catch in three straight games, uh, but he's been able to make up for that uh, on the ground, of course. I'm at five catches. I still am at five. Five so catches. I'm, yeah, I'm using the season-long numbers because it's like, yes, he's his rushing usage has trended upwards, and maybe I'll adjust it to kind of just count the games since Ayuk has been kind of running, you know, operating as that number one receiver, which is – probably the last seven games or so, seven, eight games. Um, you know, Debo had zero rushes. Like the last four, he's had five or more rushes. But the three before that, he had zero rushes. And then uh, mm-hmm. in the, the four before that, he had either one or two. So it's, you know, it's kind of been going in these four-game increments, three, four-game increments. So I, I still kind of trending toward the season-long outlook. Either way, he's like, it makes him a top five receiver. Yeah. <laughs> like whether <laughs> no whether doubt. it's going to be, you know, it's all purpose yards. Like remember, this guy was like it's, leading the league in receiving yardage at one point. So it's crazy that he's now he's getting like one catch. Well, you know why, right? A huge reason is George Kittle just going bananas yeah. right now. I mean, just he's an absolute beast. So um, if Jimmy G targets someone other than George Kittle, it's probably going to be Debo Samuel. So yeah, watch out if, if Debo's getting these five or six carries and getting the four to six receptions, I mean, he's like pushing, like he's top three for sure. I, I mean, remember you, you had him in your top two or whatever a couple weeks ago. He'll be back in that range. Oh, yeah. Um, he's, he's easily. Always, I don't think he's fallen out of my top five, like, period. Right. Um, like, since like the early part of the year. Uh, but you know, it's crazy. Three what? straight one catch games for Debo. Yep. He is still fourth in the league in receiving yards per game. 85.7 after three straight one catch games like that is absurd it's insane yeah he's really fun to project right now i'll just put it that way very fun to play like you don't need yeah, it's, it's actually fun not to watch fun too. to project because it's like i don't know whether to give him rushing or receiving <laughs> but the point is he's he's you yeah. put him in your lineup and he's getting you points that's that's what's kind of going on uh all right let's go to tight end top five for week 15. I have Travis Kelsey and then George Kittle, and this has to be the closest gap between one and two in quite some time. I have Kittle just 0.2 points under Travis Kelsey. Then it's Gronk, then it's Mark Andrews, and then it's Dawson Knox. Uh, I have Kelsey. Gronk and Kittle are actually tied for me. Uh, Wow, you must love Gronk this week. (laughs) No, I I love Tom Brady. We get over this. We've been over this. Sorry. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, realistically, I, you know, Gronk and Kittle, you know, they're both, their routes run per dropback has really increased. You know, they're in the mid-80s. Kittle even pushed 90s in, in the last few games. Um, so it really comes down to the fact that, like, Brady's touchdown projection is higher and Brady's yardage projection is higher. So, you know, it, it, that's what kind of pulls Gronk even there, even though Kittle, 
Um, he has had some huge games. I don't think you can yep. go wrong with either of them. Yeah. Uh, we'll see, you know, as the week progresses, you know, fiddle things, maybe one of them pops, you know, a 10th of a point higher, but right now I both have them at, uh, at 12.5 half PPR points. And then Kelsey, yeah, three tenths of a point ahead uh, of those guys. And uh, I almost feel like want to knock Kelsey down the third, like Gronk and Kittle have both been so good. And Kelsey's been a little touch and go lately. You're but, not wrong. Right. Yeah. It's because it, <laughs> of Mahomes. Like it's like now that whole Mahomes, like usually Kelsey was the auto number one, even in a tough matchup or whatever it was, just because Mahomes was getting your projected Mahomes for like 300 yards and, and two and a half touchdowns. And now that's not necessarily the case. So, um, I mean, Hey, you know, maybe, maybe it is warranted to knock him down a, a, a bit to third. Uh, Mark Andrews has uh, also been playing uh, real well. So yeah, he's, you know, I have Kelsey Grant Kittles, Andrews, uh, and then Dallas Goddard is my, is in fifth place. Um, again, Knox is down a little bit more just because, I'm not projecting, you know, Josh Allen for like his full 100% yet. So, um, you know, kind of, and then that would obviously impact how many points I project the Bills to score as well. So that's why I have Knox a little lower, but um, love the usage for Knox. He's running a route pretty much every, every drop back. So he's, he's right there as well. Um, and then, you know, looks like Waller is probably going to miss. So I, right now I still have him at six, but um, looks like he's going to miss another game. I don't think that means we play Foster Moreau, uh, but um, yeah, just to note that if Waller was active, he would probably jump uh, Goddard at least into that into that top five. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, DFSG codes. So uh, I think Dawson Knox at fifty one hundred makes sense. Again, this all hinges on Josh Allen playing this week. But again, if Josh Allen's playing and he's not running as much, it's going to be more targets to go around. Um, I just think Knox is sneaky at fifty one hundred with all the really. Uh, you know, no brainer plays at top. I think Knox is gonna be overlooked this week. You can't go wrong with uh anybody above him, though, of course. Uh, and then I think Tyler Higby's mispriced at 4K. Uh looks like he had a false positive for missing uh Monday Night Football, so he should be cleared to play. And with Odell the lineup, you know, I think they might change things around where Van Jefferson uh takes over more of the the deep role and Tyler Higby's competing with Ben Skronik over the middle, and of course Cooper Cup. But either way, I think Higby. Um, it is pretty good at 4K if you want to spend down at tight end. And then you mentioned him earlier in the pod. I thought it was really smart to um, talk about CJ Uzoma, who's been playing really well against man. Um, whenever the Bengals play uh, a man-heavy team, uh, Uzoma and Jamar Chase, like you said, are in play. And if they play a zone-heavy team, that's when you pivot to T. Higgins. So I think Uzoma has the poss- you know, the potential for a ceiling game here. So I like him at 3,100. And then our boy Brevin Jordan at 2,800. If you want to go for upside, uh, go for some sneaky Texan stacks. Uh, I do like Brevin Jordan at 2,800. He looked uh, really good again last week. Had a good game with Davis Mills. So I think he's sneaky at 2,800. Oh, I'm all in. Like even last week, I I wrote up in in my Saturday matchups column. Like, yeah, Davis Mills, uh, Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins, Brevin Jordan. Like I'm playing these guys this week. Yeah, I told you. I'm doing it again. (laughs) <laughs> I said last week, you're a week early. I loved your call back in week 13 and he kind of had a dud, but I was like, I am all aboard that Brevin Jordan train. Yeah. So let's, let's keep it going. He's got to be over three K by now. So he's still a steal. And if he's under three K. Yeah. And I love, I love a tight end number nine, you know, like it's just like a refreshing. Yeah. Like, I'm not a big <laughs> fan of these number changes, but something about seeing like a tight end number nine is just, just, it's just interesting. So Kyle Pitts like- is number eight, right? 
I haven't seen I Kyle he, Pitts in a few weeks, though. I, I think he, <laughs> I think he's a single digit guy, and it just <laughs> yeah, like you is. said, it looks so badass. So yeah, Brevin <laughs> Jordan has the single digit vibe going, which you know bumps him in my model. Ah, uh, yeah, no, I like that call. Like, like I'm, I'm going all in on Davis Mills. This is going to end so poorly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, I do like Dallas Goddard in the, uh, you know, as I mentioned, uh, he's a top five tight end for me. Uh, obviously, had the big game last game. 5,300, love the price here. You know, uh, probably would even play him a little bit over Knox uh, if, you know, depending on what happens with Allen. But even if Allen starts, I think, uh, I still like Goddard in this matchup. Uh, I think it's the easier defense to to produce against. Uh, Mike Gesicki, you know, at, at 5K now. Devontae Parker back does probably knock him down a little bit, but I think, I still think, you know, a guy like Gesicki, is a, uh, a a guy who could catch like seven, eight balls. It's the Jets here. Um, Dalton Schultz is another one. You know, Dak has been a little uneven lately, but um, I still think Dalton Schultz at 4,900 is too cheap. He's still a top uh, 10 tight end for me as well. And then on the low end, you know, you already mentioned Jordan, so I won't go into him, but, and, and Usoma, who I also like. Uh, other one, uh, I think you briefly mentioned him on the uh, waivers pod is James O'Shaughnessy. And, you know, the more I do look at it and the more he probably is a guy who like you can pick up if you're in desperate need of like a, yeah. a tight end streamer, but he's going against this Houston team that, you know, uh, one of the worst in the league at defending the tight end position, even though they've been good against the past. So Houston is 29th in DVOA against the tight end position. So that's bottom four. So this could be a game for O'Shaughnessy. And the, another reason I like him is uh, we, mentioned earlier that we will probably be um, forced at this point to kind of use Laquan Treble in cash games again. And I think Treadwell, now that he's kind of, you know, been consistent for three games in a row, might start getting a little bit of roster ship, a little bit more roster ship in tournaments. So I like O'Shaughnessy as a pivot here. They're O'Shaughnessy's a hundred cheaper. Um, you know, so I like him as a pivot off Treadwell here uh, at tight end. All right. What are we doing for the prop? Yeah, um, we're going to have to go with George Kittle here. Um, I think it's just fascinating, like, how much, you know, recent data do you factor in for a guy like Kittle? So um, right now I have his projection at 64 and a half receiving yards. Are you over under that? That's right. I'm right in line with that. My mean is 69. So, um, nice. yeah, man, actually nice. Um, <laughs> I'll go, I'll go over just because it's, it's George Kittle, you know, like, why are we, why, why go under? But uh, no, I think that's the, that's the right line. Again, I have him right in line with, with Gronk and, you know, three tenths of a point behind Kelsey. So there's a case to be made for Kittle as a number one tight end this week. So yep. um, I don't think you can go wrong with him. I don't think you can go um, too wrong with Mark Andrews, but I think Kelsey, you know, Gronk and Kittle just really stand out. Um, especially, you know, if Debo is going to continue to be used, you know, kind of more as like this running back and decoy at receiver, you know, that's the guy who's really benefiting. It's, it's Kittle, you know, Ayuk has been running the same amount of routes, you know, week in, week out. Um, mm-hmm. His target share has obviously gone up, but um, Kittle's really the guy that, you know, he's going to be that, that guy making the tough catches over the middle of the field and, and doing all that stuff. So um, yeah, nothing, nothing negative I could say about, about George Kittle here, but it's in tournaments. I mean, Bronk mm-hmm. off the slate, Kittle probably and Kelsey off the slate. Kittle probably even. Do you think at his price at seventy five hundred, he's still going to be the highest owned uh, tight end? 
Yeah, it's tough to say because, um, like you said, there aren't many running backs you can really spend down on. So I think it depends on if we get any news later in the week where um, a a big value player running back pops up, it might bump up his roster ship. But right now, I I don't think he's going to be too highly rostered just because he's he's so expensive. He's probably worth every dollar. Um, But just like you said, given the top options not on the slate, I think he probably is worth the price if you're just going for pure ceiling. Um, because Mark Andrews, he's just a thousand dollars cheaper, but I have him like close to three and a half, four points less. So there is a big drop off. Yeah. Um, so that's why I do think people will spend up because if you're going to spend up at tight end, why not just go all the way uh, to Kittle? Yeah. I mean, if it's not Kittle, it would, it would probably be someone in that Goddard Knox range. Like one of those yeah. two guys I would think would garner the most, uh, or maybe even Gasicki, given it's the Jets match and he's cheap, the cheapest one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I think Higby, if, if we don't get any value might have to just go to the guy like Higby here. I mean, yeah. I don't, it's been so ugly, but Fryermuth is even in a tough matchup. Uh, you know, Higby has, you know, 10.1, 11.0, then the, then the just 1.3, but then 9.8. So he's kind of come close to the, the double digit mark in three of the last four or hit it. So yeah, I might, might, it might be an ugly week, you know, yeah. obviously, uh, Stay tuned. I'll have the, the write-up on actionnetwork.com, uh, you know, on Saturday. But, yeah, this is looking like one of the tougher weeks to build lineups, at least as we record this on Tuesday. Of course, there'll be, like, 86 guys to be ruled out with the COVID, <laughs> COVID between That's them. the over-under anyway. <laughs> right, yeah, 86 and a half. Uh, next up here on the Fantasy Flex is a segment we call Elite Entries, where Sean and I dive into the Prize Picks app and compare our player projections to the props to build some entries. Sean, start us off with your first prize pick elite entry for week 15. So I'm going with Travis Kelsey over 58 and a half receiving yards against the Chargers on Thursday Night Football. Um, you know, I've been attacking his under quite a bit this year. Um, and last week I was projecting him for 14 yards under uh, the market. But this week, I think that this line is too low, especially against the Chargers who tend to struggle against tight ends. And, you know, Derwin James missed last week. He could miss um this thursday night week uh you know he's coming off a hamstring injury short week uh he could have been one of the players that slows kelsey down but i think kelsey bounces back this week i'm projecting him um closer to 67 and a half yards this week so love the over here yeah travis kelsey's got to get back on the off the yeah. side here uh and Chargers have really struggled against tight ends uh, for my first prize pick of weed entry for week 15 i'm going to old reliable Jonathan Taylor over 89 and a half rushing yards against the Patriots. I know it's Bill Belichick. I know he likes to take away the number one option, but that's easier said than done against the running back. Uh, I still have Taylor projected for over 100 yards. He's gone over 100 yards in seven of his last 10 games. So I think this prop is still about 10 yards uh, too low. New England, they're middle of the pack in terms of rushing yards per game allowed. They've actually given up 114 and a half rushing yards per game. That's 14th most in the league. So they're a little below average in terms of the per game yardage, even though um, they they have been a good defense overall. Uh, I think just volume alone gets Jonathan Taylor over 89 and a half rushing yards against the Patriots. Sean, where are you going for your second prize pick lead entry for week 15? Uh, so I'm going with Michael Pittman under 61 and a half receiving yards against the Patriots. Um, I'm projecting him closer to 54 and a half, and that's before even factoring in the potential of Bill Belichick going out of his way to slow down, um, you know, the Colts' number one pass catcher, and that's Michael Pittman. 
Um, you already mentioned it. Like they, they could also scheme um, to take Taylor out of the equation, but that's probably not even possible. Uh, so I think they key in on Michael Pittman here. So my projection for him could end up being in the low 50s. So I think this prop is 10 yards too high. He probably has a much lower floor this week than other weeks. So uh, give me Michael Pittman under 61 and a half receiving yards this week. And that's a great one because no matter what happens with anyone else, like you could have all the other Colts receivers ruled out and it still wouldn't change uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the Pittman number. So <laughs> like that one. Uh, for my second prize pick elite entry for week 15, I'm going with Nico Collin, over 26 and a half receiving yards. Now, this might seem like uh, a one that doesn't have a good shot of hitting, but he's actually been over this in six out of 10 games this season and six out of nine uh, when you take out the game where he left early due to injury. So he's been going over this uh, two thirds of the time already. He faces a Jaguars pass defense that is 31st in DVOA against number two wide receivers. And Davis Mills has been throwing for 300 yards uh, consistently now these last couple of games. So uh, I think there's a really good chance that Nico Collins, after running 80%, more than 80% of the routes uh, for the first time in uh, since early in the season, uh, in evaluation mode, I think he's going to continue to see his usage climb into a you know true second option for to, to Brandon Cook. So like Nico Collins, over 26 and a half receiving yards, I uh, have this about five yards higher for the median. So that's going to do it for our prize pick lead entry for week 15. To recap, Sean is going with Travis Kelsey over 58 and a half receiving yards at the Chargers and Michael Pittman Jr. under 61 and a half receiving yards against the Patriots. I'm going with Jonathan Taylor over 89 and a half rushing yards against the Patriots and Nico Collins over 26 and a half receiving yards against the Jaguars. As a reminder, prize picks markets do move. So you want to get on it fast in order to lock in the best numbers. If you have not created a prize picks account yet, check out the link in our episode description and they will match your first deposit up to $100. Or you can visit prizepicks.com and use the promo code ACTION10. That's A-C-T-I-O-N-1-0. All right, now back to the show. All right, let's uh, let's do what we do every week on this pod, which is build DFS lineups. We do one on FanDuel, one on DraftKings. Uh, I think we had another guy ruled out. I think Jamal Williams was in one of our. I think it was in our yeah. FanDuel lineup. So can can never escape it doing this uh, early in the week. But uh, hopefully, at least we're giving you guys you know some kind of ideas to how to build your lineups and 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 the thought process each week. So uh, let's start with DraftKings. Uh, I think I went first last week on DK. So you can start us off uh, this week. Okay, let's see. Um, kick it off with Brandon Cooks at fifty eight hundred. Let's just do it. Brandon Cooks, I like it because and I'm then you could Davis decide Mills. if you. Oh, I was doing say, it. You <laughs> not even a question. The, you could be the one that actually puts Davis. Mills. I did not do that, but I was kind of setting that up. I'm uh, I'm I'm like way too invested in the Texans. I already bet them at plus three and a half. Like I'm just all in on Houston going against this Urban Meyer dumpster fire. It is a dumpster fire. I don't know if I, I, if I should send it back with James Robinson or Treadwell. I think for GPP, I don't know if Treadwell makes sense necessarily. So I'll go with I, yeah. I think James I, Robinson. Um, like I said, I think he bounces back this week. It should be a close game. So I think I rather have a running back in the game stack as opposed to anybody you know in the passing game for the Jaguars. Yeah, like Trevor Lawrence. Even though 
You're no, right. no, yeah. <laughs> you're already off that. You're like, all right. Not, no, good. It's not possible because you have Davis. <laughs> no, Mills, no, no, yeah. I know. Yeah, it's in general. No, but Robinson yeah, is way like, too cheap. Let me just make that clear. That <laughs> the, the Trevor Lawrence uh, cheat code earlier was just a small percentage of GPPs, but James Robinson is a core play this week for me for sure. I like it. So we're we're saving some salary here. We got uh, yeah. We got fifty four two guys at fifty four hundred, and then Cooks is only fifty eight hundred. So we will be able to spend up uh, at some spots. But uh, for the interim, I'll go with the tight end. Uh, I'm not gonna double stack it here just because let's not get too crazy. So I'll <laughs> I'll go Dallas Goddard uh, again. Top five tight end for me. Love the matchup. Um, so let's go with him at fifty three hundred. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with the defense here. Let's see what we're working with this week. This is the first I'm looking at it. Oh, my God. Well, the Jaguars stick out, but not going with that here. Uh, and the Niners at 31 as well. Like, I think that's the sweet spot. Right? I think Packers, well, Niners bills bills at 3,100 for me. Yeah, let's go with them. Yeah, they got to get back right on the on the right side of things after just, I mean, some brutal yeah. weeks, you know, facing Belichick and then Brady. <laughs> yeah, now they get to face. Some sort of hybrid of Cam Newton and PJ Walker. Yeah, so. they really, they really need Sam Darnold back. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell if you're joking or not, but I don't think like, I am. I don't, I don't even want to think about it any longer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, I'm going to go back to the well. We put him in our lineup last week, and he paid off. Go right back to Jamar Chase. That three point oh, seven yeah. yards per route run against man coverage just got me like very, very excited about this yeah. week for Jamar Chase. Love it. And I think I, I allowed that when I had that pivot off of yes. the play. Like I, I yes. saw it could work. Love Jamar Chase even more this week than last week. So love that play. So we have 5,900 left. That's that's a good amount. 5,966. Um, yeah, we already have a defense yeah. out of the way. So um, a lot of receivers in that range I like. Um, don't have any Bills player. Okay. I'm going to. We have the Bills D, though. We have the Bills ooh. D. Yeah. Mm, doesn't matter. I'm I'm gonna force in Beasley. All right, forty nine hundred. That gives us sixty five hundred uh, to spend on a running back and a flex. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and do it with with Najee. Then he's my he's the top five running back for me. He's the most expensive on the slate, so maybe the roster ship isn't like super high, but I, I just think that you know Tennessee's pass defense. Uh, I think has come on a bit. I think you're you're gonna want to run the ball. It's gonna be a low scoring game. Uh, you know, got he's got the long rest, so maybe he can get back to that true like hundred percent uh carry workload here. So yeah, yeah. Give, give me Najee at home. And this yep. is also a rah-rah spot, you know. So Pittsburgh at home is an underdog, rah-rah Tomlin spot. So don't don't think just because they're underdogs that this is gonna be like a negative game score. Though, though it doesn't matter for Harris, but uh, yeah, I think it could be uh very an interesting uh kind of game script that doesn't go as people expect. So yeah, let's go Najee. That leaves 5,200 for the flex. Yeah. I was going to say that I, I do like the Steelers. It's early in the week. There's so many issues going around with the league and uh, I don't like locking bets early in the week, but I do like the Steelers plus one and a half. Um, so love the Najee call. Uh, so 5,200, what sort of wide so, receivers? Amon Ross St. Brown would, we would leave nothing on the table though. He's exactly 5,200. Oh man. Devonte Parker. I wish I used them earlier at 4,300. Um, it's it just be, it would just be way too much cash. You could, I mean, you could put him in for Beasley and then switch your flex up if you want. Let's do that. Yep. 
because I, I like Parker's ceiling even more. So let me put Parker in and then see what we got. So now we're up to 5,800. So 5, so that, that actually opens things up a little more. Yeah, much better. So now you got uh, like Russell Gage at receiver. You got Van Jefferson Jr. at 5,600. Michael Ooh. Gallup uh, at 55. Could be a bounce back for him. Yeah, I, I think Julio. Ooh, um, yeah, Julio. and that's a, uh, that's a correlation play. Najee, I do like the Julio call. I, I was going to say Gallup. Um, Julio or yeah, Van Jefferson. Like I said, if, yeah. if Odell's out, he's going to be that deep threat. So if you're setting this lineup, you, you can go any of those three, but let's, let's get sneaky here. I like the correlation with Najee. Let's go with Julio. We could have a Mount St. Julio eruption game. Finally. Hopefully. I'm just, I just kind of, oh, I, I mean, I, 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 wouldn't put, <laughs> I wouldn't put a ton of money on that, but it's possible. Yeah. It's just, I mean, I just need him to get like, I feel like I don't want him to kind of go the way of like, you know, like AJ Green is like yeah, these guys just kind of disappear. You what are you talking? AJ Green tore it up last night, but I know. Yeah, you but I mean, it's just a, <laughs> look at his numbers over the past two seasons combined. You know, it's yeah, it's it's great. bad. Uh, okay, so we have Davis Mills at quarterback, fifty four hundred at Jacksonville. Najee Harris, seventy eight hundred against Tennessee at running back, along with James Robinson, fifty four hundred against Houston. Our receivers, Brandon Cooks. 5,800 at Jacksonville, Jamar Chase, 7,100 at Denver, and Devontae Parker, 4,300 at home against the Jets. Uh, Our tight end is Dallas Goddard at 5,300 at home against Washington. And then we have Julio going to Pittsburgh in the flex spot at 5,400. So uh, with the Bills defense at 3,100, hosting Carolina as double-digit favorites. So we have a, a pretty balanced lineup. I like it. You know, nobody over... 7,800, and then none of our uh, non-defensive plays are under 4,300. So we, we're not yeah. going super studs and scrubs. I, I think this is a this is kind of how you want to build tournament lineups most weeks um, is kind of get some of those, a lot of those middle-tier guys in there. You're also going to usually get lower roster ship combined for your whole lineup when you're doing that. So, um, yeah, this is – I like the build of this. And as you mentioned, there's a bunch of options you could kind of swap out with the yeah. flex and, and things like that. And there's even enough, you know, you could you could pivot from Chase to like a guy like Deontay too for 400 more. There's actually 400 left over. So there's a lot of options here um, this week. So let's whack this in. All right, so let's jump over to FanDuel now. And I will start us off. And I'll start us off at receiver. Let's go with Van Jefferson Jr. here. Uh, like him, you know, in this spot. I think that he's he's going to be their kind of go-to uh, downfield guy either way. I mean, Beckham there or not, he seems to catch a long touchdown. It's a matchup against Seattle that you know, Seattle has been pretty good against wide receivers. So maybe people won't be on it. Cause you see that, you know, first ranking uh, for Seattle mm-hmm. against wide receivers, which I always like, but in a matchup like this, like the Rams, we know what they're going to do. They're going to target their, you know, guys in like pretty much all the time. They don't really sub out a lot of guys. Seattle's still 22nd in DVOA versus number two receivers and 16th versus uh, non-number one and number two guys. So uh, they haven't been that great, you know, overall, even though the, the fantasy numbers uh, look decent. So let's go Van Jefferson here at 6,200. And especially on a half PPR set like FanDuel, um, a set like this, we're looking for more, you know, long touchdowns would be great. So Van Jefferson uh, is a great play. Uh, I'm going to stick at receiver um, and go Deontay Johnson. He's 7,200 on FanDuel. Uh, that's too cheap. Um, love, obviously he's a high floor guy, but he's still has a massive ceiling. So 
Let's go, Deontay. Yeah, I love it. Every week, I mean, this guy just does not disappoint. So uh, never going to get a, a argument from me. <laughs> uh, let's go with at running back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lock in my guy, Cordero Patterson. You know, another guy in somewhat nice. of a tough matchup. But 7K, he's 69 on, on DraftKings. So, you, you know, 10K more cap and it's only – hundred more expensive. Uh, just a guy who could go off for multiple touchdowns every week and just um, kind of, it's like there's always unlimited upside with Cordero Patterson. And he's still priced pretty fairly uh, for a guy with his kind of upside. So yeah, let's go with CP at 7K. That means we got 6,600 average uh, for six more guys. Love Patterson because I was um, considering uh, using Jimmy G at QB. So I like the game stack. Uh, so let's go with Jimmy G at QB. He's typically a guy I don't think has a high ceiling, but we just spent 10 minutes each talking about uh, Debo Samuel and George Kittle's massive upside. So let's tap into that here with uh, Jimmy G. All right. So then I'm going to go Kittle because as you mentioned, there's a chance Debo plays more as the running back here. Mm-hmm. He hasn't catch, caught as many. So I think that the core real correlation here. Is you got to play Ayuk or Kittle at least in, in, until we know Mitchell's confirmed them, but Kittle either way. So yeah, uh, seventy eight hundred for Kittle, pretty doable considering it's only three hundred more than on DraftKings with despite the higher cap. So that gives us sixty two seventy five average for running back, a wide receiver, a flex, and a defense. Uh, I'm taking a look at defense right now, uh, and pretty disgusting. Um, I mean, I, you, I can pick a defense. You pick okay, one yeah. the other one. Yeah. I was just, I was just looking to see, uh, but yeah, you can have the honors of that. So we think he sticks out uh, at FanDuel right now, 5,900. It's Devonte Freeman. Um, I think he's going to be overlooked, but he's, he's the Ravens workhorse back. Uh, so I like him, especially on a half PPR site. But like I said, he's had five catches in the past two games, but uh, I like Freeman's upside and he should be overlooked here. So like him at 5,900. Oh yeah. That's he. Might have to be in cash game lineups on FanDuel at that price. Oh, yeah, for sure, cash games, yep. I'm thinking of one of the two defenses in the Steelers-Titans game. Mm. So, I Well, we think, already have Duyante. Oh, actually, no, so let's, let me not do that then. Because if I go to Steelers, it doesn't really correlate. And if I go, yeah, so wait, hold well, on. Well, if the, if the Titans get two pick sixes, that's more pass attempts. <laughs> like, it could work. Yeah, you know what? Let's do that. Let's let's go Titans here because that 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 does correlate actually. And the Titans, I mean, twenty one points against the Jaguars, uh, and then they've had they've had a couple of rough games or kind of so so games, and one really bad one against New England. But twenty one points in their last game, and they've had double digits in uh, five of their last nine. So they've had twelve or more in five of their last nine. I think they're really rounding into shape. They're really physical defense that. You know, even though I do like the Steelers, it's a big spot. I still think um, probably be more of a defensive game. I think the Steelers defense, kind of like the Ravens game. I think the Steelers defense is going to have to step up. Um, I wouldn't worry about the Titans defense. So I think there's a lot of upside with the Titans at 4,100, especially after what we saw from the Steelers just in that first half against Minnesota. So, yeah, let's yeah. go Titans at 4,100 and hope, like you said, they get, they get a defensive touchdown or two that just increases the need yes. for Deontay <laughs> to catch passes. It'll work. And somehow the Steelers cover the spread because I'm assuming we're both going to be on them. Oh, yeah. They'll probably win the game. Yeah. Just yeah. like every time it's like Minnesota <laughs> and Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it was, oh, it was like a twilight zone when they played each other last week. I was like, it's yeah. like these are both teams that every time you think they're dead, then they win a game. And then it's like they're just hanging on for dear life. And then they just lose miserably the next week. So 
Uh, yeah, this I think I think this week is gonna be like a Steelers, Bengals, Texans kind of week for me in terms of betting. But yeah, I digress. Let's uh, we got two guys left, seventy five, fifty. So pretty good salary here, wide receiver and flex. So I was gonna go with Gallup here because uh, I was considering him as our flex on the DK lineup, but that will leave you with ninety two hundred. That's way too much left over. I'm basically forcing you to take Cooper Cup, which isn't. The worst thing, but I think I'm going to spend up here and get CD Lamb at 7,400. Uh, oh. You know, I mentioned that I like, you know, the Cowboys passing attack this week because, you know, Pollard and Zeke are banged up. So why why not just spend up and get the number one receiver and CD Lamb? Yeah, he's a top 10 receiver for me uh, yeah. this week and kind of overlooked, you know, it's been a little bit um, inconsistent for that whole passing game. So I think, I don't think his roster ship will be too, too high here. All right, that leaves me with 7,700. I could we could go Jamar Chase again. Uh, yeah, do it. yeah, you know what? I kind of want to do it. We're, we always have one overlap player, and if there's anybody that deserves that this week in a GPP, it's got to be Chase, right? Yes. like I Because then also, I mean, just comparing him to some of the other options and kind of underscoring why this is a pretty tough slate, uh, the other options would have been Hopkins, who, you know, we don't know Why what's going on with him, right? Yeah. Aaron Jones, who's, you know, losing carries to, to Dylan every week. Uh, Dylan, who's, you know, still, like, in a committee. Mark Andrews, who might not have his quarterback. You already had Lamb. Then you had, like, Tyra Lockett, Saquon Barkley, who's probably overpriced. So there's not there's just not that many options, especially of guys we didn't pick already, like Deontay and, and Lamb. And, and So, yeah, I, I think Chase has to be it here. At 7,500, that gives us Jimmy G, uh, 6,700 at quarterback, Cordero Patterson, 7K at running back, along with Devontae Freeman at 5,900. That's probably a cash game play as well. Uh, Then the wide receivers are CeeDee Lamb at 7,400 against the Giants, Deontay Johnson at 7,200 against the Titans, and Van Jefferson Jr., 6,200 against the Seahawks, George Kittle, 7,800 at tight end. Jamar Chase, 7,500 in the flex at Denver with the Titans at 4,100 going to Pittsburgh. So 200 left over. Uh, Really like that price for Jimmy G. I mean, that is 6,700. You don't usually get a quarterback on FanDuel at that price. I mean, this lineup in a lot of ways actually is borderline cash game playable just because we got to save so much on Jimmy G. Because, I mean, Patterson's a high floor guy. Freeman's just too cheap. Chase, you know, he's cash viable pretty much every week. Maybe you kind of switch out CD Lamb uh, or somebody like that and, and, and Jefferson and try to find like a higher floor combination of guys. But yeah, uh, that, uh, that's the lineup. And uh, that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Fantasy Flex uh, presented by Prize Picks. You can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore odds maker. You can find me on Twitter at Chris Raybon. You can find us at those same handles in the free award-winning Action Network app. Be sure to check actionnetwork.com for our fantasy football rankings, projections, and content, and fantasylabs.com for our DFS content tools and models. Until next time, get this money.